Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. And uh, we're going to get in God's Word. Let's put our hand on our heart. If you're a guest with us, this is what we do. We declare God's Word over us. If you would say this with me this morning, it's going to be on the screen. Say this. Say, I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Today, I open up my mind to receive the word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up our hands. Say it like you mean it. Come, Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. All of you watching at McKinney, we're so honored to be a part. Stay standing just for a moment. What I want to do is that was very... um, uh, very kind of our senior pastor, Pastor Keith, to share those very beautiful words this morning about me and my family. And uh, the first service, I came out almost in tears, and uh, some of the people said, hey, man, you got to bring it back up a little bit. And I, I want to give our senior pastors, uh, Pastor Keith is leading a men's conference right now in Alabama, and I want to give our senior pastors, if we could, and also McKinney, a big round of applause. We love you, Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila. We love you so much. We miss you, and we'll see you this next weekend. Well, you may be seated this morning. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best this morning to uh, convey God's word, and I'm going to give it everything I have, and uh, we're going to see what God's going to do this morning. How many of you just, you have this crazy expectation when you show up to God's house that God's going to do something? Anybody? I have a crazy expectation that God's going to do something on my behalf every time I come to the house of God. Uh, let's pray this morning and let's get into the word. And again, if you need notes, just lift up your hand. The ushers would love to serve you with some notes. And uh, I'm going to do my best to follow along the notes. Uh, and we're going to have a great time this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Your word is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray right now as the word of God goes forth. Lord, I pray, God, that you would speak to every single heart every man, every woman, every child, every young person, that today that we would leave this place not the same, that we have an expectation that, God, that you're going to show up on our behalf, that you're going to do the impossible where, there needs to be, where it needs to be done, that there will be miracles taking place this morning. God, we expect for heaven to touch earth right now in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. You know, me and my family came here uh, right about, we've been on staff now for almost four years. We came here five years ago, and I came from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and uh, I'm so grateful that God brought me and my family, my wife, uh, Carissa, of almost 20 years. I know you all can't believe that. I look so young. Thank you so much. God bless you. Uh, uh, 20 years of being married. I got two boys, and uh, they are godly boys. Thank God I don't have any girls, because I'd probably have a prison ministry if I had a girl. And thank God I don't have any girls. I have two young men, a 16-year-old and a 10-year-old. And uh, we are loving Elevate Life Church. We are loving Frisco, Texas. We are loving our senior pastors, Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila. We're loving the staff. We're loving every single person here, family of choice. Well, we're going to get into the series called Family Talk, and it's going to be very powerful this morning, and I pray that God would speak to you this morning. 
I have two verses that I want to preach on this morning, and then we're going to end. And I'm going to do my very best, because as you can tell, I'm 275 pounds. I don't miss a meal. We'll be out on time, okay? So I'm going to do my best, okay? So we're going to, we're going to hurry up through this, but we're going to ask God to show up. And I'm asking God this morning that he would get all the glory and all the honor for the word of God that's going to go forth. That I would hide behind the cross and that he would be the one to be exalted this morning. Because I am nothing without him. I am nothing without him. He changed my life so radically. Psalms 34.1, if it had not been for God who was on my side, where would I be? I thank God that I'm in the house this morning. I thank God I'm in God's church this morning. I thank God that he saved me. I thank God that I was lost, but now I'm found. I thank God that he did a miracle in my life. I should be a statistic. I should be, I should be maybe locked up, put away somewhere, but God's grace and mercy found me. How many are grateful for that this morning? Thank God I'm not hooked up to some hospital bed somewhere or locked in some cell somewhere. Thank God I'm not strung out somewhere. But thank God I'm in God's house this morning on August the 12th, 2018. I get to worship God. I get to praise him. I get to magnify his name. I'm in God's house this morning. Now, some of you, it might not be a big deal. Like, yeah, that's just my thing. But I'm thankful. I'm grateful that God found me. He wasn't lost. I was lost. He's always been around. But I'm grateful that he found me. Here's the big thought of the message. This is from Pastor Joel Olstein. He says, you can be committed to church, but not committed to Christ. But you can't be committed to Christ and not committed to church. I want to talk to you about being planted in God's house. I believe with all my heart, if we'll take care of God's house, God will take care of our house. I'm so grateful for that. The Bible says in Psalms 92, if you have your Bible, Psalms 92, verses 12 and 13 in the NIV version, this is the, this is the passage of scripture I want to read to you this morning. It says, the righteous will flourish. That word flourish means, right there means to blossom. It means to grow. It means to spread. It means to thrive. It means to excel. The righteous, what's righteous mean? The right standing. Those that call themselves sons and daughters of God. Those that live God's way. They will flourish like a palm tree. Hold up. Like a palm tree? Now, when I was reading that, it kind of threw me off. I'm like, Lord, why not like a massive oak tree? Why not like a big old, you know, a maple tree? But it says like a palm tree. Then I had to do some research about palm trees. So I had to do some studying this week. There's 300 different types of species of palm trees. Palm trees grow to about 100 feet tall. Palm trees are one of the only trees on the planet right now that can thrive in all different types of climates. They can thrive in the heat. They can thrive in the desert. They can thrive in the cold. They can thrive in, in, in places that you never thought trees could, could thrive. But a palm tree, because there's 300 different types of species, different types of species can thrive in different climates. So then I started doing some more research. Palm trees are one of the only trees that their root system will find a water source. It's even been said that some palm trees, roots have gone down anywhere from 100 to 200 feet finding the source of water for nourishment, to grow. Palm trees are the only tree that will break its bands that are placed on them when they're a little tree that will snap them in two. Most trees, the bands grow inside the tree. Anybody remember going to grandma's house in the country and you see the clothesline? Anybody remember the clothesline days that you had to dry your clothes outside? Thank God we've moved from that. Anybody remember that? Okay, three people. Okay, great. Okay, so thanks for being with me this morning. Help a brother out. Okay, so just like raise your hand. Just like, yeah, okay, thanks. Uh, help me out a little bit this morning. Uh, so thank you, Pastor Buddy. Okay, so. Uh, they used to like the bob wire and sometimes like you'll see an old bicycle grow into a, a trunk of a tree. 
Palm trees are the only tree that will break the bands around them. I thought that was interesting. And it says here that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I, I just found that interesting that palm trees are so spectacular. You know, in the desert, when you see a group of palm trees, it's considered an oasis. It's a place of shelter. It's a place of refuge. It keeps the heat off you. Palm trees produce a fruit that you can live off. It's so amazing to me that God would consider those that are planted in God's house would be like a palm tree. Why? Because no matter what you go through, nothing is going to be able to stop you from growing and going to where God wants you to go to. What's the other thing is, a palm tree is one of the only trees that will bend but not break. In 1979, when Hurricane Fredericks came through and it destroyed thousands of pine trees and thousands of oak trees, the only tree that was standing was the palm tree. It was standing and it was still thriving. When the storms of life come our way, but those that are planted in God's house will flourish like a palm tree. There might be a hurricane in your season. You might be in the midst of a hurricane, but you're not going to bend. You're not going to break. You might bend, but when you bend, you go down to a knee, and guess what? You look straight up to the source. Okay, that was good right there. Okay, no, sorry. No, you guys are okay. You know, it's interesting in John chapter 12 when Jesus was entering to Jerusalem, what did they do? They cut down branches of palm trees and they laid them down. Historically speaking, this is what a palm tree represents. Victory, triumph, peace, refuge. What were they saying when Jesus was riding in on the donkey? They were saying, here comes the king of kings. Here comes our peace. Here comes our strength. Here comes our victory. Here comes our refuge. This is the man that's going to be the king of kings. He's going to be the Lord of lords. And we're going to make it through because of who he is. It's just very interesting that God says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish like a palm tree. You know, there's something about being plugged into God's house. I'm grateful that God saved my family. See, a lot of people don't know my story. I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. My dad was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict. My dad was in and out of jail, locked up. He was a part of a motorcycle gang, and my life was literally messed up. I'd come home. My dad would be just getting high, getting drunk. He would come home from happy hour, but never happy. This was kind of the story of my life. I grew up very insecure, hurting as a young man, looking and searching and looking for love and admiration from certain people, trying to be affirmed by certain other men. And I grew up like this, and I'll never forget that when I got saved at a church event, uh, someone invited me to a church event and there was the power team and I gave my life to Christ November the 14th 1984 was on a Wednesday night I was nine years old I said yes to Jesus I went back home and I told my family and in the course of one year my whole family came to Christ now my dad is living for God my mom is living for God my brother's living for God my sister's living for God my whole family was radically changed now here's the positive thing when my dad got saved he got radically saved now, I know you don't understand what I'm trying to tell you here in just a moment, but you'll get it. He got so saved, so saved, that as soon as the altar call was over, he got a Bible from a guy, he went straight home, and he said, we're cleaning house. Okay, great, let's clean the house. Pick up the trash. No, he was cleaning house. He took the old school box television, 
from 1985. He took it outside. He put it on the curb. He wrote a sign free. He took all my He-Man toys because you couldn't call on the power of grace school. You only could call on the power of God. So he took all my He-Man toys, all my little Smurfs, and he put them in a garbage bag and he put them on the house, outside the house. Then he took all my old cassette tapes. He put them outside the house. He got so saved. Like he got too saved too quick. I was like, hey, let's, <laughs> let's slow up just a little bit. Let me keep a couple things as we grow and develop in the things of God that maybe we can like, you know, do some spring cleaning, but not like we just went, just, we just went there. You know, it's like no TV. I just got for that Christmas, that 1984, some of you all know what I'm talking about, that 1984 Super Nintendo, the brand new one that came out with Mario Brothers. I had just got that. How's a brother going to play with no TV? He got so saved, and we were so radically saved, we were committed to church. Now, I'm from the old church. This is the old church is. You go to church on Sunday morning, and there's Sunday school. Now, Sunday school is about an hour and a half. It will literally bore you to death. The grandma in there teaching it, she's about 106. She, <laughs> she should have went to heaven many years ago. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. It's not a youth service. Sorry, Pastor. Okay, so... Grandma's teaching Sunday school, and you got the old book, and you're just writing stuff in, and that's the old church. And then from there, from an hour and a half of doing Sunday school, you went to the main service. Now, main service was two hours. Then from there, you went to potluck. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They had potluck. I know some of you all, are, you want to call it pot blessing, but it was called potluck back then. Okay, everybody brought a little side dish. You went in the fellowship hall, and everybody went around, and you ate everybody's stuff, okay? That's old church. Then there was a Sunday night service. Oh, I can't tell you how many times Sunday night services I would be praying, God, Jesus, just come back now. Ready for the rapture. God, this service is four hours long. I'm like, I'm ready to end this thing. The brother's been preaching about the same thing for four hours. Like, I got it. Like, I, I understand. Trust in God. I got it. I got it. I got it. This is the old church. Then on Monday, guess what? Monday, you thought, oh, you'd be off. Nope. Monday was Bible study night. Then you thought Tuesday, you'd be, oh, no, Tuesday was church clean day. You had to clean it up from the weekend. Wednesday, you thought, oh, you're free. Nope, Wednesday was midweek service. You was coming back to church to get the, it was called the hour of power to get filled up. Oh, this is a church I grew up in. And some of the young people are like, we got to go to church today? Like, praise God, you only going to one service. And then on Thursday, you thought you was off. Oh, no, it was outreach day. It was door knocking day. You was knocking on door talking about Jesus. And then Friday, thank God, it was Friday. We got Friday off because it was payday. And then... <laughs> And then it was Saturday, and guess what? We were back at the church cleaning it all over again from the hour of power on Wednesday night. Then it started all over. I'm so thankful, though, that my dad planted that seed of being planted in God's house because you know what it's done for me? I've been living for Jesus for 33 years. I'm not perfect, but guess what it's done for me? It's kept me on the straight and narrow. It's kept me God's keeping power in my life. It's kept me not walking to the left or walking to the right, but keeping my eyes on Jesus. And when I fall, he's there to pick me up. I'm grateful for being committed to God's house. Those that are planted in God's house will flourish. There's power when you're planted in God's house. When God's house is a priority in your life, there's power. And this, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. The enemy wants to get you in a place of vulnerability and a place of weakness because he doesn't want you to be hooked up to the source. What's the source? God's house. God's house is the source. Making God's house a priority every single weekend. I'm talking about 
I'm talking about participating, being on a team, serving as a family. I'm grateful that my son, 16 years old, is back here serving on the crew team. My youngest son right here, he serves on the photography team and students. I'm grateful that my family is connected to the family of choice. When you're hooked up to the power source, the Bible says that you will flourish. You will flourish. Now you say, what does that mean? Here's what that means to me. Guess what? When you're flourishing, nothing's going to stop you. Even though the enemy might come over and says, guess what? You're not going to make it. But the good news is you just bounce right back up because you're planted in God's house. And the enemy tries to you. Oh, your kids are never going to live for me. Your kids will never serve me. You're always going to be lacking financially. Oh, no, God. I'm planted like your word says. I'm planted in your house. Devil, you are a liar. It doesn't matter what I go through. I'm going to bounce right back up because God is with me. Nothing's going to stop me. Why is that? Because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm hooked up to the power source. And the enemy wants you to be disconnected from the power source. And if you're disconnected from the power source, he's got you in a place of weakness, and he's got you in a place of vulnerability. And what happens is a lot of times families get into arguments on Sunday mornings. Anybody ever got an argument on a Sunday morning, God's day? Okay, I thought I'm the only one. It's like the dog is going cray-cray. It's like the kids are just complaining about everything. And all of a sudden, you just got to hold your peace. It's like, oh, Jesus. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Give thanks. I'm about to give somebody something else right now. But I ain't going to go there because I know I have to go to the altar and repent. So I'm going to go there. Okay, only me. Okay, thank you. Okay, so, but I'm telling you this. The devil wants you to be disconnected from God's house. The devil wants to attack your family. We need a fire again for God's house. We need a passion for God's house. This is a place of refuge. This is a place of strength. This is a place of hope. This is a place of encouragement. We, 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 we got to get it back together. Life is about choices, and the choices you make will make you. Walt Disney, he, he was looking for $800 to start up his company, and guess what he did? He, he asked his brother Roy, if he would loan him some money, his brother Roy lent him $300. Then he asked his uncle Robert if he would loan him some money. His uncle Robert loaned him $500. He asked both of them to be partners in the Walt Disney uh, uh, a startup company. His brother Roy said, yes, I would love to be a partner. His uncle Robert said, no, I don't want to be a partner. Well, sooner or later, Walt Disney World exploded. His brother Roy became one of the first guys in Hollywood, one of the wealthiest guys in Hollywood, became a billionaire. His uncle Robert got his $500 back with interest. Life is about choices. And the choices we make, they do determine who we are and what we're going to do. As for me and my house, we're going to be planted in God's house. We're going to take God's house seriously. We're going to be here every single time the doors are open. Because if I take care of God's house, God will take care of my house. So right there in your notes, if you have your notes with you, I'm going to go ahead. The first one would be choices. We need passion. We need fire for God's house. We need the fire of God again. Sometimes the fire has died. You know, in, in, in 1899, a guy named uh, David Curry, he started something uh, at Yosemite National Park. He would take all the dead wood. He would put it at Glacier Cliff, the mountain point, and they would light it on fire and they would push it over and it would literally be like, like fireworks would come off the mountain. It'd be one of the most beautiful things. Mass, a massive amount of trees on fire, dead wood falling three to 400 feet down to a rock bed bottom at Glacier Cliff in Yosemite National Park. 
January the 25th, 1968, they stopped letting the fire fall. And a lot of times families are messed up because they haven't allowed the fire of God to continue going in their life. The fire can't stop. Jeremiah said it like this. It's like fire shut up in my bones. I can't contain it. I can't control it. We need passion for God's house. We need a fire for God's house. I'm grateful that since I've been a father for my two sons, not one of them ever asked me. Not one of them ever asked me that I can recall. Are we going to church this morning? No, we don't ask that question on Sunday morning. We wake up, Sunday morning is God's day. We're putting God first. The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We, we gotta get back to some of that old thinking. I understand we gotta move forward, but that old way of thinking, it kept me on the straight and narrow. I've been living for God for 33 years. I'm not perfect, I got issues, I got stuff, but thank God for his grace and his mercy. I'm here every Sunday. My family's here Sundays. Family talk this morning, family of choice. Decisions that we make, they do affect our future. Everything that we do as a father, as a husband, as a man. You know, the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20. When there is no wood on the fire, the fire goes out. When there is no wood on the fire, the fire goes out. You know what the wood is? Here's the wood. Prayer. Worshiping God. Putting God first in our life putting God's house a priority in our life. A lot of times God's house is not a priority and we wonder why the, the wood is dying. We wonder why the, the fire is dying because there's no wood on it. We gotta put the fire of God back on this thing. You know, uh, if I could, you know, just let me, let me share, share this with you. We're, we're going to be attacked as Christians. We're going to be attacked as Christians. Things are going to happen to us, but it's, it's our response that causes the outcome. In 1779, a man named John Paul Jones uh, got into his ship and he went into the northern seas uh, to fight the British warships. There was about a half a dozen British warships that were firing their massive cannons across the bow of John Paul Jones's warship. They told him to stop. If he would continue, they would blow him underwater. He came to a halt. One of the massive British warships pulled right next to him. They tied the two ships together. The British captain looked down at John Paul Jones and said this. He said this, do you surrender? John Paul Jones made history that day when he looked up and he looked the captain in the eyes of the British warship and he says, surrender? Why I have not yet begun to fight. And for the next three hours, his crew fought that crew, taking over that larger vessel and blowing the British warships out of the water. That starting the day of our independence. What I'm trying to say was when the devil starts knocking at your door Sunday morning and says, you might as well go ahead and give up. Don't go to church. It ain't going to do you no good. You look at the old devil in the eye, say surrender. Well, guess what? We're going to the house of God and God's going to do something in my life. Not going to give up. Not going to quit. Putting God's house first. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, don't neglect the assembling of the brethren. Making God's house a priority. Being planted. Reminds me of the story in 1982, the Wisconsin Badgers were taking on Michigan State Spartans. 60,000 diehard football fans at Madison uh, Arena. And there was a massive football game going on. But it didn't take long that the Michigan Spartans were literally wiping the field. 
of the Wisconsin Badgers. They were destroying them. But something shocked the players and the coaching staff. The fans in the audience were cheering their team on in the middle of their defeat. 60,000 people were cheering on their team, so they thought. What happened was, 70 miles away, 70 miles away, the St. Louis Cardinals were playing against the uh, Milwaukee Brewers for the World Series, and the Milwaukee Brewers were winning the game. The fans in the stand had little portable radios. They were listening to another game in another arena. What I'm trying to tell you this morning, church, if you look at everything that's going on in the world right now and you look at your own circumstances, you could be dismayed. But I'm not looking at the arena that I see right now. I'm looking at another arena. It's called the arena of heaven where there's a cloud of witnesses up there. They're shouting and cheering us on. They're encouraging us not to give up, to throw the towel in or walk away. The Bible says that I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. What does that mean? Bless the Lord on the good days. Bless the Lord on the bad days. You know the story. The story of Paul and Silas. They, they were doing good and they got arrested and they got beaten up and thrown into the very bottom cell. What were they doing? They were blessing the Lord. They just weren't sunshine praisers only. They were blessing the Lord in a dirty, dark dungeon. They were blessing God. And what did God do on their behalf? God shook the very gates of that prison cell and they were set free. I don't know what you need this morning, but I know that God is a good God. He's faithful. I'm going to close with this this morning. Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. Anybody ever heard that story before? The lost son. It goes on in the story. It says that the son wanted his inheritance from his father. And the son took his inheritance and he went among the Gentiles and he just spent it all. He found himself in a place that he didn't think he was ever going to be. He found his place sleeping with the pigs and eating pig slop. One day it occurred to him, one day it occurred to him, it would be better for me to be a servant in my father's house than sleep with these pigs. I love what the Bible says in Psalms. I, I, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in God's house than dwell among the wickedness outside of God's house. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in God's house. So powerful. The story goes on in verse 20, Luke chapter 15, verse 20. It said that when his father, now watch this, when his father saw his son from afar, it said that his father ran to him. No big deal, right? But you got to do some research. You got to do some historical research. In Jew Jewish customs, a man wore a tunic back then. And a man was never supposed to run anywhere. It was a sign of desperation. It, it, it was frowned upon. And so in order for this man to run, he would have to hike up his tunic and he would have to run towards his son. Also, Jewish customs, you never showed skin as a man. So here's this man. He's running towards his son, the Bible says in verse 20. He picks up his tunic and he takes off running. Why did he take off running? Because here it is. I don't know how to pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? Kazeza. You, I might have messed that up really bad. That's a Jewish term that if you took your inheritance and you left the community, then what they would do is they would stand before you if you tried to enter back in and they would take very large pots 
and they would break the pots in front of you and stop you from coming back in and joining the community. So here's what the father did. He took off running before anybody else was there and he embraced his son. What I'm trying to tell you this this morning, maybe you're in here this morning and maybe someone has neglected you. Maybe someone has abandoned you. Maybe someone has told you that you're never going to make it, you're never going to mount anything, and maybe someone has stood there at the gate and said, you're not going to be a part of this tribe. You're not going to be a part of this group. No, this is not for you. Maybe someone has stopped you from fulfilling your dream. Maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've been through a, a, a tragedy in your family, and maybe someone has tried to stop you from entering the community. The good news is, Elevate Life Church, that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ stepped out of heaven, and he died on the cross. And it doesn't matter what they say, that the Father ran towards us. All we got to do is walk across the cross and ask God to come into our heart and be our Lord and Savior. The Father ran to his Son. This morning, God is running to you. He's running to you. He loves you this morning. There's nothing you've done that he won't forgive. There's nothing that you've done that he won't embrace. He's a merciful God. He's a good God. As a little boy, I grew up with so much insecurity, so much baggage. I was hurting so bad. I went through trauma as a child, watching your dad beat people up. Baggage. <laughs> it's back to school weekend. As a child, I had so much baggage, so much junk I carried around. My life was messed up. My life was pretty jacked up. I probably should have been locked up like my dad was locked up, like his dad was locked up. Should probably not have this beautiful thing called a marriage that I have today of almost 20 years. Probably shouldn't have two godly young men that are all living their life on purpose for God. I'm not saying they're perfect. But I made a decision when I was a young man to give my all to God, to give everything I had to Him, to give Him my heart, my soul, my mind, my passion. And when I did that, over the course of my journey with him, this baggage has become a lot smaller. You can carry this around and think no big deal, but you carry it for a couple hours, you'll feel it. You'll carry it for a couple days, it's gonna become real inconvenient. You carry it for a couple years, it's gonna irritate you. But what happens is sometimes the baggage that we carry just becomes a part of our identity. And that's not what God wants for us. He, he wants a good life for us, an abundant life, a, a life of blessing, a life of prosperity, a life of health. But we have to make a decision. That father ran to his son to make a decision before the community started smashing pots in front of his son, rejecting his son. That father ran and embraced his son to let his son know that it's all going to be okay. Yeah, you missed it, man. 
But the love of a father, the love of a dad. I'm grateful that Jesus stepped out of heaven. The love of a heavenly father said, Jeremy, you don't have to be insecure. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in inadequacy, thinking you'll never mount anything. You'll never, you don't, you don't have to be a, a people pleaser. You don't have to make everybody like you. At the end of the day, just do what I've called you to do and watch. So there came a day in my life where I had to let go of the massive baggage and say, no more. I am the righteousness of Christ. According to Deuteronomy, I'm blessed in the field and I'm blessed in the city. According to Deuteronomy, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. According to Romans chapter 8, I'm more than a conqueror. Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. The Bible says, Psalms 91, that the angels of the Lord are encamped around those that love God. I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in doubt. I don't have to live in worry. I don't have to live in insecurity. I don't have to live in anxiety. I don't have to be stressed out of my mind. Where is this going to be? I don't have to have the lack attack attack my family. My whole life, we struggled financially when I was a kid. Not anymore, because I made God's house a priority. God's always taking care of my house. For 20 years of my marriage, going on 20 years, we've never been late on a bill. And I'm not bragging, I'm, I'm not bragging on us. There's been times we thought we were going to be late when we were younger. But we've never been late. Why? Because we've always said, God, you're the one that got me here. You're the one that keeps our family going. You're the one that blesses us. You're the one that keeps everything solid. There's something about putting God's house first. There's something about making church a priority. I know people look at me sometimes and say, man, you're very passionate. And I want to look at them sometimes and say, man, you need to get passionate. God has changed my life. My dad was a convicted felon. I should be locked up somewhere. But man, thank God. I'm a part of a family of choice. I'm a part of what God's doing here in Frisco, Texas. I know, I know some of you are like, huh, that brother needs help. <laughs> yeah, I do need help from him. Help from him and help from my wife and help from my friends. We all need help. But as the father embraced the son, he wrapped his arms around him and he gave him a kiss. The Bible says in verse 20, my favorite part of that whole passage, I've never known anything like this. I, I just studied this this week. I learned something very new. As the father looked back, and he saw his servants. He told them, prepare the fatted calf. In order for a calf to be fatted, it's gotta take some time. It's gotta take a while. The father already knew what was going to happen by faith. See, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I'm not living by my circumstances right now. There's a radio I've got hooked up to my ear, and heaven is telling me that I'm going to win. Heaven is telling me that I'm going to make it. Heaven's telling me that I've already got the victory. Heaven's telling me that everything's going to be okay. Heaven's telling me no matter what happens, my kids will live for God. No matter what I go through in my marriage, my marriage will make it. No matter what I face financially, my finances will come through. Heaven is telling me a whole nother story. This life is so temporary. If you would stand to your feet this morning, I'm going to pray. Life is so temporary. Tempor uh, it's short. 
The Bible says that life is but a vapor that appears for a moment and vanishes away. The Bible says don't boast or brag about tomorrow, Proverbs 27, 1, because no one knows if tomorrow will come. But today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of reckoning with God. Jesus said these words. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Will you open the door and allow me to be Lord and Savior of life? November the 14th, 1984, I gave my life to Christ. I was nine years old. In the course of one year, my whole family came to Christ. Today, my father's a pastor in Bigsby, Oklahoma, where my sister and her husband serve. I'm grateful and honored to be a part of this family of choice. The Baker family is connected to the Kraft family. The Baker family is connected to your family. Just like Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila are connected to your family. Moms and dads, if you would, just let me just share this with you and hear the heart behind this. We have a student ministry that meets every Sunday night at six o'clock. Every Wednesday night at seven o'clock. We do small groups on Wednesdays. On Sunday nights, I know it might be a little inconvenient to drive your young person back to the church. But I'll tell you one thing. You'll thank yourself later for bringing your student to the God's house and making a priority. I know sometimes they say, well, they don't like it. It's not their thing. Oh, they don't know anybody. I, I, I understand. I understand. I'd rather be the one that's nudging them to do something they don't want to do than allowing them to do what they don't want to do. And just sit home and play Fortnite and play video games or chat on social media or whatever the thing is. No, let's push them out a little bit. No, we're going to go to God's house. We're going to make new friendships. We're going to make new alignments. Because it's alignment over assignment. We're going to live life by design, not by default. We're going to live life by our core values, not by whatever's out there. I pray God would push you and nudge your young person to be here every Sunday night. I want to say thank you to McKinney, and we're going to turn it back over to Pastor Leif. Thank you so much. I'm going to pray for you guys this morning. This morning, if you're needing a miracle, if you would, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you right now, right where you're at. If you just need I'm going to just pray, and then we're going to bless you out. We're going to pray for every student and every teacher in just a moment. But that's you. If you would, let's just come in agreement. Lord, this morning, we thank you, Lord, right now that you are the miracle-working God, that you do amazing things. The Father has already made the way available to us. The fatted calf has already been prepared. The party has already started. God, I thank you, Lord God, that every miracle is taking place right now that is need to take place. I pray for wisdom. I pray for knowledge and understanding right now. I pray for healing to go forth right now in this place. Emotional healing, physical healing, spiritual healing. I pray, God, that whatever is needs to happen today, you make it happen. As we take care of your house, you'll take care of our house. Father, we bless you today in Jesus' name. Now, one more thing real quick. If you're here, everybody look at me real quick. If you're here this morning and you've never opened the door of your heart, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of your life, it's really a simple thing. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are in order of the Lord. This is a step, one step going after God. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. One step, that one step that you take today could change your life forever. 
If you're here today and you say, hey, I, I, I need to make Christ my Lord and Savior. I'm not going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. Just real quick, real quick. If that's you, anybody in this room, just have enough boldness to say, hey, right there. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm looking right there. Yes, sir. No shame. There's no embarrassment. We'll stand up for our favorite football team and shout and get crazy and paint our chest and put war paint all over our face and popcorn flying everywhere. But sometimes we ask, hey, do you want to live for God? It was like, no, let's make a decision. I'm going to serve God. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not embarrassed of it. I'm living for him. So all of you that raise your hand, if everybody in this room could repeat this after me, everybody say this to me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God, that you died on the cross for me. I received that this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. Come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior, be my best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. If you prayed that prayer this morning, at our next steps table, at our next steps table, there's Bibles. And uh, we would love for you to get a Bible. There's a card that you could fill out. Our ushers, ushers, hold your hand up. There's Bibles that they have. We'd love for you to do that. I'm going to ask my wife to come over here. We're going to pray over all the teachers and all the students. Pastor Whitney, you want to join us? You look, okay, okay. You look very lovely this morning. I was going to have you join us. She said, no, thank you. Okay. She loves you all. We're going to bless all the students and all the college-age students from elementary to high school college age and all the teachers. If you're a teacher, could you just wave your hand at us? If you're a teacher, educator, let's give all these teachers and educators a big round of applause. Our pastoral team will be in the lobby, the cathedral lobby. We'd love to shake your hand and love to get to know you. Me and my wife will be there also. We're just... Amen. Let's pray over the students right now. Let's, let's, if you're next to a student, just put your hand on their shoulder. Let's believe God. Let's pray over safety and protection. This is back to school weekend. Family talk. The series continues. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, for this new school year. We bless every student, every kid, every teenager, every college-age student, every teacher, every educator. We pray right now that you would give them the wisdom of heaven, that they would have the mind of Christ, that, Lord God, this would be one of the greatest years of growth and learning that they've ever had thus far. God, we thank you, Lord, that your hand's upon them. We speak protection over them right now. Psalms 91 over their life. We declare the mercy and the goodness of God over them right now. That no harm shall come near them. That no disease shall attack their bodies. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, we pray over the family right now. We pray, God, that your protection, a hedge of protection around them. Safety and mercy and God's grace be upon you. We thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.